Welcome to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate this tightrope of a culture in terms of sexuality and so that you can make it to the other side. Which other side? That's up to you. If you want a radiant family filled with love and joy and laughter, creating memories for eons to come, that's what you can learn here. And in today's episode, we're being super practical and we're talking about input versus output. We are crushing it. Benji and I are just absolutely channeling genius in this episode. So stay tuned. It'll help you learn what to focus on so you can get the best results in your sexual integrity, but in life at large. So enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Andrew Love here, along with right. my guy. Hey, guy, what's your Hello. name, guy? Benjo. Benjiama. Ben- Benjo Yuyamyo. Benjo V. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about something very practical. It's your input versus your output. And the reason is that I'm always learning, I'm always growing myself. And I was listening to this guy who grew up doing martial arts and He was talking about, he got to a point in his life where he basically quit martial arts and he was burnt out. He had some rough family issues. And then when he came back, he wasn't trying to race ahead. He wasn't trying to get to the next belt. He wasn't trying to become a black belt and become a master. He just was focusing on doing one punch at a time and being in that punch and mastering that one punch at a time. And the same would be for kick or whatever, but like he was taking it really slow and really intentional and working on mastery. And so I was listening to this and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then the next day I had a group where I was talking to a bunch of guys and this, one of my guys was, he's married and he kept on getting so angry, (laughs) like unbelievably angry when his wife would reject him sexually. He took it so personally and he's like, but I did this and I did this and I did this. And then she rejected me. And I was like, whoa, it's because you have these expectations. You have output focus. Your focus is on what you want to get. And it's tarnishing what you are giving because your wife can pick up on that. Like when you're around somebody and you can tell they want something, it's a really uncomfortable feeling. You're like, Mm -hmm. just get to the point. What do you want? You know? And so he worked on that the very next week and he just was focusing on input. Like when he gives his wife a massage that he has no expectations for anything else, no hanky panky, not even a kiss, not even a thank you, just to make her happy. And then he ended up getting everything he wanted and more. And they made love a few times, you know, more than expected. And then he was just super happy and he reported to me, this is a breakthrough. So I just wanted to introduce this concept. Does this resonate with you? What is this? What lands for you? That's really up my alley for sure. I would say that similar to that guy in your group, my experience with my wife was that when I started, I read an article at one point about the power of kindness, the simple idea of being kind in a marriage. Mm -hmm and how that impacts the marriage long-term. They've done studies on this. And this article is particularly interesting. I think it was by the Gottman Institute. And I read that and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize how important just kindness is. And I was realizing that I'm not so kind all the time. I'm kind of just like maybe cold or (laughs) especially regarding our sexual relationship with my wife. And I remember just for like a period of time, I was just making that input a priority in my life. And that's Mm -hmm. what comes up for me. It's like, I was just being, trying to be kind rather than being upset or reacting a certain way when something happens or she says something or doesn't say something or whatever, just being kind and just being gentle, right? And having that calming 
mentality and spirit around me. And somehow that really, really started changing things from us, actually. I mentioned a few times that we had pretty difficult relationship for a number of years. And it was around that time where I just decided to start being kind or realizing, first of all, that I wasn't being very kind. And that was actually contributing to her inability to want to be close to me or intimate with me is that I was just kind of being unnecessarily brash, I think, and unkind, you know, not abusive. I don't want to come off as, you know, but in a way, a little bit, right? Honestly, like a little bit, we all deserve to be in a relationship where we can just be ourselves without feeling like we're going to be attacked or uh, anything like that. And that's definitely the relationship we have now, just feeling totally comfortable to say whatever we want, you know, (laughs) and knowing that the other person is not going to react negatively, but with kindness and Compassion, most of all. Yeah, it's a work in progress. And well, this also brings up something, a concept from a derivative of divine principle, like explanations of divine principle of the idea of object consciousness. And I guess it would be subject consciousness both, where if your priority becomes to be aware of what the person needs and you get good at giving them that because you're sensitive to their needs. I mean, I remember this from a, a dude that you would know was very intense who taught us the hard way about this, where we're always supposed to kind of watch him and see where he's at and what he needs and kind of like that. That was more like fear-based, but love-based is more, you're just kind of in tune. You're tuning into the needs of this person and you're focused on trying to please them because they need it, because it helps them get through the day. And ideally, obviously, if you do this forever without anybody ever giving you anything in return, turn, it's, it's hard because we naturally want that ourselves. But if there's the expectation for a return on investment, that's when things get a little bit gross. You know what I mean? So like if you're just in tune, I guess here's the caveat. If you guys have an agreement, if you're in a relationship like me and my wife, we have an, a general agreement. We went to the blessing together and we agreed that we're going to take care of each other forever, plus forever and beyond. So in that agreement is that she will eventually, because she agreed to it too, that I can just serve her and serve her and serve her and then eventually she'll get it and she'll want to do the same thing. That's also a concept is like, if you just love and love and love, it's like inevitable that that person will be, want to give you something back to you so much eventually, but it takes time because it depends on where they're at and what they're going through. And that's the hard part is like just giving without any expectation. And it goes against a lot of what psychologists say too. Some people say that's like self-nullifying and yeah, it is, but they think that that's a bad thing, right? Like you're a sucker. Nullification means you become nothing. It's like, yeah, just become nothing, just become like giving, like just want to give with no expectations. But according to what you feel that they need, and the more that you take note of their needs, the easier it is because you kind of know their rhythms. We're not that complex. If somebody drinks tea or coffee at a certain time of day, take note, and then you can give that to them. And then all of a sudden it makes them really happy, especially if you're just giving it to them with love. It's such a nice, put your hand on the shoulder, give them a tea. Exactly when they were thinking about tea, they're like, how did you know? It's like, I'm on to you. I know you. I love you, right? That's the best feeling ever. It's like somebody can read your mind, right? Yeah, I would say that for me, man, I guess to put it in practice, I like talking about my relationship with my wife because I feel like it helps paint a picture of it, but also it helps people relate to what is, and it's very common. But in our case, you know, my wife is Japanese and, you know, it's nothing to do with the fact that she's Japanese, but more to do the fact that she's very different from me and she's very different from the way that I grew up, the way she grew up. And so for us, it became very apparent when I realized that I had so many misconceptions about women based on a more westernized or American 
mindset of what women respond to. That makes sense? Like yeah. if you say, I love you, that's what every woman wants to be heard said, I love you every day. <laughs> like I honestly believe that. And every woman wants you to hold their hand while you take a walk together. Every, you know, like these kinds of concepts I had. I don't know why. I don't know if it's an American thing or maybe just I made it up, but I honestly felt like, okay, I can be a good husband because, you know, I can do that. I can say, I love you every day. I can hold her hand. I can give her massages, right? Whenever. <laughs> and to be honest, Frank, it's like my wife actually for a long period repelled that kind of thing, not because she doesn't know how to receive love, but that's just not how she was raised. It was just completely foreign, just a completely, completely foreign concept to her to mm. be told that she's loved, like with words, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And not necessarily with actions. <laughs> so my experience was like, I'm saying, I'm doing all these things for you. I'm doing all this input, but you're not receiving my love. You're not feeling love. She would say things like, I don't feel love or things like that. And I'd just be like, how? Like I'm doing all this <laughs> stuff, right? I guess that's the same it's thing. It's maddening. Yeah, totally mad. I was saying. And yeah. it really wasn't until I realized that, you know, if anyone's familiar with the love languages, the sure. five love languages, I think the five love languages are a bit oversimplified because there's maybe more like 30 or 20, 30 plus different kinds of ways that people experience love besides just five. You know, there's maybe subcategories, but my wife, it's simply just, she wants to just spend time together. That's it. You could just sit down after dinner and just talk and listen to each other and do that. And I even recently got a really comfy chair <laughs> for myself for our dining room table so that I could literally sit there for hours and just listen and talk with her without getting uncomfortable. <laughs> that was like my investment. It was like a $200 chair just so I could sit comfortably and listen. And she felt loved by that, <laughs> that I just bought this nice chair for myself. So touching is not because I would think that if you're going to invest in like a sitting chair, it'd be like a love seat that you could snuggle yeah. and talk. But I guess she's not a touchy person. Well, I just sit next to her and talk and listen. But that's the thing, though. It's interesting that I would say 95% of couples would have given up within a few years. I yeah. think that goes for a lot of couples that succeed. Like all the couples we know, like think about all the couples you know that are really, truly happy. All of them I know, anecdotally speaking, they have been through those really hard periods of just not feeling love from each other no matter how hard they try and just mm. saying like you don't love me you know but I am no you don't and it's those times where we tend to shy away and give up and throw in the towel but if we just kind of stick with it and realize that this is the whole purpose like we're talking about the blessing right this is what we signed up for like you were saying Andrew the blessing is a commitment to grow and to support and love each other no matter what and for us it's like yeah I've grown so much in the last 10 plus years still growing but I can honestly say that I don't experience love the same way that I used to. My capacity for love has grown to a point where I can receive love in a way that I never thought existed, honestly. Like I didn't yeah. know that making food for somebody was an act of love. And that's how my wife expresses love. I didn't know that was an act of love. I kind of just brushed like it off. She like, makes food for you? Yeah, she makes food for me, for the family, for people, our neighbors. And, and that's how she gives love. That's how she gives love. That's how she's thoughtful. And I didn't, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be like, whatever, like, I don't need food, <laughs> you know, make my own food. And for her also, like, she's more receptive to just cuddling and being intimate and for sure. So it's pretty amazing. You know, if there is a testament to the blessing, it's that we grow and we change over time, even if it's hard. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because first of all, that's really perfecting the input. The punch for you is like learning how to love your spouse, right? In the right way, like doing the perfect thing that really brings them joy and love and that feeling of connection. 
But, you know, I'm also thinking about these people out there who are single, who are listening to this, that, mm. you know, in your sexual integrity journey, for me with the North Star goal, it's important to have both, right? This idea of input versus output is that you have a goal in mind, but that's not your focus per se. You focus on the execution of one thing at a time and get enthralled by the doing. And then the thing will happen. It will happen. But it's like the more that we obsess about an outcome, the more we try to force our way to achieving the outcome and we try to take shortcuts or we just we're oblivious to the lessons that are trying to be taught to us, which is the purpose of going there. Right? The reason you want something, it could be anything from a wife to a car to whatever. You want the thing, but it's not the person or the thing that's going to bring you joy. It's you won't be able to appreciate them unless you grow into somebody who deserves that thing or that person, right? So if you're out there and you're single, then it's really learning how to perfect that punch. And Benji keeps on seeing me. I keep on doing these punch motions and you can't see me. But the idea of like perfecting the punch in your day is perfecting your day. How do you go through a day? That's the North Star goal. It's like, okay, I want this kind of day. I want to experience this kind of day where I wake up, I'm energized all day, I'm really focused, I'm really connected with myself, with other people, I'm the person that I'm committed to being, and then I go to bed feeling totally satisfied. How do you achieve that day? That's one thing at a time. It's like, okay, the first punch that you're learning is how to wake up right. Perfect that. Perfect how to wake up right. And that means how to go to bed right. What time do I need to wake up? What do I need to do very first thing? And like, okay, that's your first punch. Second punch is what do you do next? And then what are you doing throughout your day? Who are you talking to? How's your relationship with your phone? All this stacks up to the ultimate goal of having a perfect day. And if you have a perfect day, according to your own version of perfect, then you can create a perfect week, perfect month, and then a, a really amazing life. And that doesn't mean that the circumstances in your life are going to go exactly according to your wish. It means that you'll be able to handle whatever comes your way because of those punches. Just like learning martial arts doesn't mean that you're always going to beat up everybody super easily, but it means that you'll be able to defend yourself when the time comes and you won't get totally destroyed, <laughs> right? When you really know your martial arts. So that is really important that your input, because, you know, a lot of people freak out, right, Benji? They're on the road to recovery and to redemption, and then they make a mistake and then like, I'm a screw up, I want to give up or whatever, because they're so obsessed with this outcome that they don't realize, wow, I still have some weaknesses in my armor. I need to perfect that more and more and more, right? That's really the input. What am I missing here? What lesson did I miss? And how can I perfect this so I'm stronger next time? Yeah, one thing that Father Moon said, at one point he said that if you can't think about the future or make plans for the future, if you can't, said you can't do what you're going to say in the future unless you can do what you say you're going to do tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Because so, guess what? That's the future. <laughs> <laughs> right. So basically, you can't create a future for yourself or envision or vision cast a future for yourself if you can't even do what you're going to say the next morning. And this is really true for our group that I'm leading right now, five guys in my group. And during our group, I told them one thing that I learned from our porn mentoring program that we did with Brave Hearts, which is an organization that trains mentors to help people with their sexual integrity and overcoming porn. When I did this training, I think Andrew, you did too, right? Yeah. One of the, he listed one of the, top, what are the top most effective practices for porn recovery? And it was really interesting to see that the things that you would think are the most helpful for people to overcome porn were actually not the top practices. You would think that would be like having accountability software on your phone or your computer or having accountability partner or something like that. The actual top thing that he mentioned was daily spiritual practice, which was very interesting. 
And I mentioned this to my group of five guys. And it was like, so let's take that to heart and actually consider that your daily spiritual practice, your habits every day might be the greatest contribution to your recovery path in your journey. And so the guys really took that to heart in my group. And they all started doing morning devotion with Dr. Young, which is going on right now. They all started waking up at 6 a.m. to watch like an hour, an hour and a half of <laughs> morning devotion with Dr. Young. And it's really interesting what's been happening over the last few weeks when we check in during our weekly call. And I ask them, like, what's really been helping you this week or what's been not helpful for you? And many of them have said that doing morning devotion has been the most helpful thing for them just to hear the content, and it's good content as well, but also just to start your day off on the right foot with the right mentality and the right priority and focus. And I thought that was like, wow, this is amazing. And I actually told Dr. Young that, by the way. Yes. Uh, I met with him and I actually said, like, your morning devotions are really helping our high noon participants and they're really getting a lot of inspiration from that. So Yeah, absolutely. Because they're clear about what they want and they are willing to put in the work. And so that's a great first punch. And it really impacts you, right? Like if you really are feel masterful of something, you see how that can connect to the rest of your life. Because it's like, I have dominion over something. And even as trivial as a punch, right? Or anything, like with your physical body, it's a great metaphor. Because when you learn how to handstand, I know you've been working on handstands. I used to do handstands like crazy. When you can do it for five seconds and you could never do it before, you're like, wow, I've just mastered my body that much more. And you can bump that up to 10, 20, 30 seconds a minute, whatever, right? You just feel this mastery and you feel, you honestly, if you're wise enough, you can see, well, if I could do it with this area of my life, I can do that to every area of my life, right? It's that sense of mastery that we're talking about. And so the North Star goal is being clear about your future. And then the input is practicing being that version of yourself through inputs every single day. I'm practicing being a kinder person. I have another guy in my group and his North Star goal for the past three weeks, he keeps on continuing it. He was kind of dabbling with it, but then he's going to keep it, which is just being super positive wherever he goes. And he's like, he's such a serious guy, but he's coming with a dopey smile now to the groups because he's becoming his own man of the prophecy of, of what he said, right? I'm going to be super positive. So he's becoming positive by practicing and mastering the punch of positivity every single day. He has a really difficult boss that is so mean to him. And he's just, it's the only way he's surviving right now is just, I'm committed to, and he realized that positivity is not a feeling, it's an action. You got to practice it every single day. And so that's the mastery of every single day, being positive in every single scenario with every interaction. That's really cool. This is all really practical stuff that regardless if you are in a relationship, then it's very clear. Like, how do you practice tuning into your spouse's needs and giving them that and without any attachment and just watch. If you don't have expectations of an outcome, you'll get more than you expected or believed was possible. That's the trick. But if you have expectations, you won't get that thing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of this weird catch 22. If, if you release yourself of expectations, you'll get more than you could ever expect it. And if you keep your expectations, you won't get that thing that you expect because your expectations themselves are tripping you up because you're not giving, it's not like a pure offering, as they say. It's not like you kind of like, hey, God's like, hey, could you offer that lamb? And it's like, yeah, God, I just offered that lamb. He's like, God's like, uh, that's half a lamb. He's like, yeah, well, I just saved half in case famine and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's not the same as like, this is the best of me. So I think you guys get it. But this is a mentality shift that we're promoting that you try. Try. try this out. Everything that we do is obviously not mandatory, but it's we're coming from a place of this is working for us. It's working for other people. And when your focus is 
not worrying about the future, believing in the future, having a vision for the future and trusting in that future, but that your focus be mastering one step at a time and you get lost in that process, that's when time ceases to matter. Your worries and anxieties about the future go away because you're not thinking about the future. You believe in the future, but you're focused on the now and the present. And that's where all the good stuff is. All the religions talk about be present in the present moment. And that's where all the good stuff is. If you focus on the future or the past, you're losing. You're losing. Any last words? Ban, Joe. I guess, is there anything that you are personally inputting in your life or in your daily life? Yeah, there's some stuff that I'm losing at and most stuff I'm winning at. I am just also becoming more positive. I'm focused a lot on input in my spiritual kind of intuition and trusting that by not being so scattered all over the place and stopping every once in a while and just realigning myself, realigning my spirit and just be like, okay, what's really important? What's true? And like doing that more and more and perfecting being a spiritual person who's practically in this world. That to me is super important because when I'm that, then I'm really available for my wife and for my kids. And when I'm not and I'm distracted and I'm a disaster, I'm a cranky jerk. This happened last week. (laughs) I was really cranky last week with my kids. So, and that was like a real rare thing. And I realized what's going on. And it's because I was just too scattered. So just to focus and realign myself and really master that throughout the day, that's what I'm working on. That's my punch, my spiritual punch. Kapow! What about you? Well, I'm thinking a good practice for people who are listening to this is to figure out what is it that's important to you in the long term? What do you value most in your life? Whether it's, I'm willing to bet it's something around along the lines of health or relationships or your contribution or your goals or career even. And if that's the case, then what are we doing every day that leads into that, that reality, what leads into that vision? For me, it's, you know, Andrea and I were just talking before this, recording this about my role as a parent and raising my kids. And for me, having my kids grow up strong and faithful and responsible and everything that I want them to be is the top priority in my life. And, you know, recently I've been beating myself up because of me getting busy and this and that. And I guess, yeah, talking with Andrew helped me realize that I really do care about my kids a lot. And the input that I'm putting right now, and I want to input more of is just enjoying the process of being a parent and investing in my kids, enjoying it. And to me, that looks like a lot of times it's just sitting down on the living room table with them and making a Lego structure or making a clay stop motion animation with our phones or going on the trampoline and just tumbling about. And that kind of stuff, if I think about it, is it's really good for them. Our relationship really good for our relationship. It's really good for their development. But also I enjoy it. Like I genuinely do enjoy doing that kind of thing. So in that sense, it is a genuine input in that it's not like a chore or something I have to do because if I don't, then my children will end up to be serial killers or anything that you know, the crazy <laughs> things that we think as parents sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Or they'll but just enjoying the process of investing and inputting into that into our relationship. I think that's something I'm doing really well. And I guess I don't give myself credit for, but still trying to do everything I can to be a good parent. I also noticed in our conversation that your anxiety arises when you're thinking about the future. You're worried about the future, but there's nothing wrong with the present because you have these great moments with your kids. You're creating all these memories for you and for your kids. Mm. So there's nothing wrong except for your interpretation of what might go wrong in the future based on these like unfounded fears. So that's really cool. And that's a great example for you guys too. If you have anxieties about, I know if you're single, you're worried about being the right person or finding the right person, or am I ever going to be happy in a marriage? Like, well, are you happy now? 
<laughs> that's a pretty good indication if you're going to be happy in the future. Just like Benji said before that quote, are you happy now? Because if you're able to create joy in your life now and connection and meaning and love now, then guess what? Your likelihood of doing in the future is great. And if not, keep on working on it because it's not going to happen in the future if it can't happen now. So inputs, y'all. It's not that you're not already doing it. It's where your focus is. And again, when your focus is on the future, you're going to be producing a lot of anxieties and fears that don't even exist. The future doesn't even exist at all. So your bet's just as good as anybody's. So why not just enjoy the present moment with an idea of a strong idea, North Star goal, but don't worry about it. Trust that it's going to exist and just trust in the process. So hope this was helpful, everybody. If you have any questions, as always, you can, what's that, Morris code us? You can Morris code us at deet, 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 or you can email us or you can, we're trying to stay away from social media these days, but we will respond to your messages because you're that important to us that we're willing to go into the fiery pits of social media hell to talk to you. But anyway, yeah, we just want you to succeed at creating joyful lives and meaningful existences. So good luck with everything. God bless your very souls. We'll talk to you next time. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here for one last announcement. And that is, I encourage you to join our newsletter. We don't spam people. We give you the goods. We give you good quality information once a week in your email and so we send out newsletters probably Saturdays mid-morning on average. And these are filled with blogs, the latest content, everything you need to know in order to get through your week with high noon light. So let us light up your inbox. Join our newsletter by going to highnoon.org. It's all right there. It's super easy. We won't spam you. We just want to let you stay connected to this high noon providence. So go to highnoon.org and sign up for our newsletter.